Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. So listen, we um, have started a new sermon series, Revealing the Light. But it was last week that Minister Bonnie gave us a glimpse of the apocalypse and what does it mean. And she told us that it means to take the lid off. And when I was listening to her talking about take the lid off, I I instantly thought about uh, my mom in Louisiana When um, early in the morning, sometimes I would hear the the pots rattling. She liked to get up early in the morning. She liked to cook. And I would still be in the bed, and the pots would be rattling. And I knew something was going on. I knew she was cooking. I didn't know what it was, but I knew something was cooking. And then if I laid there long enough, then the the smell began to waft to my, my room. Then I could smell it. I couldn't make it out exactly what it was, but I knew it was something that she was working on. It was familiar, but I didn't know what it was. And then I would finally get up. And then when I make my way to the kitchen and I go over to the pot, um, it wasn't until I, I, I look, lifted up the lid I can see what it was that was cooking. It, it wasn't ready yet. It was still cooking, but I could see that it was cooking. But then the time came when it was all ready and, and I was able to taste it. And I knew for myself the goodness of my mom's cooking. Sometimes revelation can be uh, like a pot that has been, been cooking for a long time. And, and I stop by to tell somebody, it's ready. Matter of fact, it's, it's ready and we can taste of it. Amen. It's not something that is still cooking. It's ready. And for, for me, I think about David when David said, oh, taste and see. It's interesting that you could see something, but you can't taste it. But David said, oh, taste it and see Sometimes you got to know for yourself what it's all about. You can see it. You can't understand it. But when you taste it, when you experience it, then you know for yourself. And then I was on Pastor Mike drop, and Pastor Mike was so smooth and so easy. And as we was on the podcast, he was saying, he said, listen, he said, don't get so distracted and caught up about what you think you know. He said, it's not about getting everything right. It's about understanding that we have hope no matter what. Because sometimes when you got visions and dreams and you got all these things in Revelation, sometimes we'd rather stay away from the pot. Sometimes we'd rather stay away from what's cooking. But God said, it's all good, especially when you understand how it ends. And then Ryan Collisar on Wednesday night came and cooked up a feast. He stood right here and he reminded us right from the beginning. He said, listen, when you read in Revelation, it takes great humility. He said, be cautious of everybody who think they know everything. Nobody know it all. There's so many different varying views and so many different perspectives that at some point we've got to be able to have humility when reading Revelations. Not everybody knows everything. And I'm standing here today. I'm telling you now, we can spend all day and I won't be able to explain everything that's in Revelation or even in the passage that we're talking about today. So what I want to give you is a nugget. What I want to give you is I want to give you something that you can take with you, something that you can hold on to and you can taste and you can know for yourself. 
Amen. And then Saturday, I'm getting to the sermon, but Saturday, yesterday, Pastor Richard Webb came and just wrecked us in men's ministry. Amen. He came in. He said, listen, we got to understand. He said, for us in the Western world, he said, we like to describe God based upon what we think about God. Well, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's, uh, he's this and he's that. I'm not benevolent. He said the Jewish custom was to understand and to know God based upon an experience. So what is being described in Revelations is an experience. And you can't understand the experience if we don't understand the Old Testament. we got to go back to Daniel and Hosea and Ezekiel and all those others to understand the Jewish story. So he helped us. And I want to help us too. If I had a nugget, Hope Elam, of what it was that I hope that you would leave with today, is I want you to understand that there is a door. There's a door that is being spoken of in Revelations. As a matter of fact, it's not just a door, it's the door. And so I want to push that a little bit because in looking through the door, we get a glimpse, a surprising glimpse of heaven. Will you walk with me? Amen. Listen, so one of the things we need to know and understand, okay, John says, I am, Jesus said, I am the door. Amen. And so he says, because I am the door, I'm going to go back and set up the door. Amen. Because that's something important. A surprising look at heaven. There is a door that I want us to be pointed to. And it's a door that is in this scripture. When John, in the fourth chapter of Revelations, when John had finished speaking to the seven churches of Asia Minor, Then he turns his attention in chapter 4, and he says, Then as I looked, he says, I saw a door standing open in heaven. Now listen, listen. If you're here today, maybe you're here and you understand that there is a door that has been opened in your life. And you've walked through that door. You understand that there's a door. But here is John who is speaking about a vision and a revelation that he had. He said he saw a door standing open. And then a voice, the same voice in chapter 1 that I spoke and it sounded like a trumpet blast. And that voice said to him, come and see. It's one thing to have a door that is open. It's another thing to have access to it. Some of us know that we've had some doors open, but we haven't been able to have access to that door. So here it is, the God of the universe. He leaves the door open so we can get a glimpse of what it is for us to understand more about heaven. And so John says to him, or the, in, the, in the text, it says, come up and I will show you what's going to happen after this. He says, and instantly he was in the spirit. You know, sometimes we can't see some stuff in the flesh. We can't see what God is trying to show us in the natural. There's some things we can't see unless we're in the spirit, unless the spirit of God is showing us some things. So instantly, the Bible says that he was in the spirit. And when he was in the spirit, he says then he saw a throne in heaven and someone was sitting on the throne. And so I don't know who it is today. Maybe is up here. And there's been many, many times that God has been opening up a door. And you know that door has been a door that you should enter in. But for whatever reason, you haven't felt worthy. You haven't felt like that was a door that you can go into, a a door that that was accessible to you. And I'm saying that John is saying to all of us that there is a door. And he says to us, 
He says, this is a glimpse of heaven. So what does it mean? It says, John says, I am the door, Jesus says. He says, and if any man or woman come in through me, they shall be saved. That that door is Jesus. That door is the, not only the door, but he's the way. He is the truth. He's the life. He's the only one that can access to the Father. He is the door. Amen? And so for us, I don't know, he says that when you enter this door, you can go back and forth and find pasture. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's going to give you what you have need. So maybe you're here and you come up to the door. You've walked by the door. You know about the door, but you've not entered in. If you're here this morning, I want to I want to make an argument as to why we should pay attention to the doors that are being opened in our lives. So what does it mean? A glimpse, a momentary, a partial view, a quick look, a glance, a, a quick look. Listen, when we are in the presence of God and we know that that is God, when we hear his voice and we know that is God, that is a door. When we are in his presence and we know as we sing the songs of Zion and the songs are, are ushering us into the presence of God and you know you've been in his presence, that is a door. A door that God is opening to, for you so you can understand. Listen, when we walk outside and we look at the moons and the stars and we look at the color of the sky and we feel the wind blowing and we see the majesty of God, we know for ourselves that's his glory. No one else can make that happen. That is a door. So that God is saying for you, so you can understand, so you can know for yourself that he is who he says he is. When there's a spiritual truth that has been uncovered, you know, when you've been grinding and you've been reading and all of a sudden something jumps and you go, that's it. And you know that word, that, that thing is exactly the spirit of truth. And you know, and now you are drawn to, that's a door. That God is opening up for you. How many times do we walk by those doors? But God's saying, listen, there's a door that is open in heaven. He left the door standing open. And then he said to John, come and see. This door is open to us. Jesus is that door. No matter who you are today, he says, look, do you know when you're sick and they don't have an answer and your body is failing you? And you call upon the name of the Lord. That even if they don't find what it is, and even if you don't get your body healed, he'll give you peace so you can understand how to move in and through it. That's a door. A door that God has given all of us to, to experience and to see and to understand. It's when he opens the door. You know how many times we've had doors closed in our lives when we wanted the door to open. But when he opens it, and you know that was him. You know that whatever it is, it was too big for you, and he opens that door. That's him. Maybe you're here, and you need a door to open. Well, what do you do? He said, keep praying. He said, keep asking. Keep, keep seeking. Keep knocking, and the door shall be open. Whatever it is that we need, God says, you got to keep knocking. you got to keep understanding that he's there, that he's able to open up whatever door that there is. So if you're here today, Understand that he gives us a glimpse. Sometimes 
What we need is a blueprint. We feel like, well, you show me how this works. If I come, then I want to know this, 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 and this, this, and this. I know what you said over here, but show me this one. Because when I understand this, then maybe I'll take this step. Sometimes all we need is a look. All we need is a glimpse. All we need is an understanding. That's him. That's the door. Because on the other side is all that we need. So the caution for us is to understand that, you know, um, if God opened that door, Nobody can close it. If God opens the door, nobody can close that door. Listen, um, in, when he's talking about the churches and writing the letters to the angel of the churches, it's the sixth church in Philadelphia. Philadelphia was a small church, but it was strong. And in Philadelphia, what he said to them, listen, he said, I'm going to open the door that nobody can close. He says, I know. He said, hang on. Hold on, Philadelphia. I know that it's hard because I know there's persecution. I know that you're under Roman occupation, and I know that it's hard. He said, but hold on because I'm going to open up doors that cannot be closed. And I don't know, Davon, I'm just saying, God opened a door today. And no matter what the enemy comes and try to tell you, no matter what the situation after today, nobody can close that door that God opens for you. Whatever God started. He's able to bring it to completion. But also, he says, I know all the things you do, and I have opened the door. This is the kind of God that we serve. He knows what we do. He knows what we've done. He understands where we're struggling. He knows the situation that we have understood. We walked through the door, and we closed the door behind us and went and did whatever we wanted to do. He says, I know what you did. And he says, I still open a door. Somebody needs to know right now, today, here's the message. The door is open. <laughs> hey, man, listen. <laughs> I, I wish I had something that was more profound out of Revelations. But if you understand the door is open and it's still open until he comes back, the door is open. The door is open to you no matter what you've done, where you've been, what you're going through. The door is open. That is the good news for today. And what am I saying? Enter in. Enter in the door. Enter the door, the one. Jesus says, I am that door. He says, listen, when you come in to me, you have safe passage back and forth. He said, when you understand that I am the door, then you know I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the gate. Wide is the, is the way that leads towards destruction, but narrow is the way that leads towards eternal life. He says, there's only one way, and you got to come through me to get to the Father. But the door is open, Hope Elam. It's a glimpse of what it is in heaven. And so, the door. After dealing with the church at Philadelphia, he turns his attention to Laodicea. And in Laodicea, he said, listen, I would rather you be either hot or cold. He said, but get off the middle. He said, be all in or be all out. He said, the lukewarm stuff don't work. He said, I'm a jealous guy. You can't serve me one day and then another. He said, look, just, just seek after me. Run after me. Thirst after me. Hunger after me. He said, I've already cooked some stuff up in Revelation. I'm trying to show you. I want you to taste it. But you can't taste it, but you're being lukewarm. He said, take the lid off. Understand that it's open. Walk through the door. Don't just come up to the door and peek in it. No, go through the door. 
Now is the time. And he says to the church at Laodicea, he said, listen, he said, I, I, would, I would spew you out. I, I can't take it. I'm a, I'm a spirit. They that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. You can't worship me in your sin. That's why there is a door. Through the door you get purified. Through the door you get justified. Through the door you get sanctified. It's through the door. We can't do it by ourselves. The door is open. And then, wait, wait. Then he says, behold, look. Brandon, I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking on the doorpost of your heart. Open up. Amen. Let me in. He said, I'm leaving the door open, standing door in heaven, so you can see a glimpse of what's coming after this. But I need you to open your heart, your door, so I can come in. If I come in you, your heart, you can come in the door. Amen? All right, so what do I want to talk about? A glimpse of heaven. I start off, I want to think about what God is calling to the crowd. He said, first of all, before he deals with the crowd, he says to the angels who was going to be sent out on a mission, he said, don't do any harm to this earth. He said, first of all, he says, God says, I'm going to put my seal, put my seal on my people, on my servants. He said, there's going to be two marks, one of a beast and one of God. And, and he said, I'm marking those ones who belong to me. He said, I know you're going to hear about 144,000, but understand this. That 144,000, that's of the Jewish nation. That's 12,000 from every 12 tribes of the Jewish nation. That is complete in terms of uh, 144 for them. But there is a number that can't be counted. There's a number that is Jews and Gentiles. That's why he's saying to us, a glimpse of heaven is going to be a crowd because we've been sealed just like Devon, just like today, that when you become a child of the king, the spirit of God, he, imp he comes in and he dwells in the believer and he seals us. It's a deposit. It's a guarantee. It's a mark that we've been sealed by the blood of the lamb, that the, the Holy Spirit is our seal. We've been marked. So the number is way bigger than that. In fact, no number, no man can count. Glimpse of heaven. The crowd. He said there's a vast crowd and a number of Jews and Gentiles. It's the Jews and the Greeks. It's the rich and the poor. It's the educated and the uneducated. It's the white and the brown and black. It's, it's Hobelum. This. It's a glimpse. This. This. It's a glimpse of heaven. It says it right here. We are, we are symbolic of what is being talked about right here. Now watch. Now watch. It was too great to come from every nation, tribe, and people and language. Standing in front of the throne <sighs> and before the Lamb. The Lamb is what I really want to talk about. But I got to get to the crowd, and I want to talk about the composition. Here's the composition. The composition that, yes, it was too great for every man, but it was from every nation and every tribe and every language, from everywhere, so diverse, everybody's going to make it who believes in an almighty God. Doesn't matter your ethnic background, your location, your geographical, that it's going to be everybody. So one of the things to understand is that God has set it up that way. But not only the crowd, not only the composition, but the clothes. He says when he looked, he took a peek in the door 
He said, listen, he said, when I looked through the door, I saw somebody sitting on the throne. And the person sitting on the throne was surrounded by 24 elders. And the 24 elders was dressed in white robes. And they all had a golden crown. And the four beings, when they flew around and started saying, holy, 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 all day long, the 24 elders would fall down on their knees and take their crowns and put it down at the, at the throne. It showed us how to worship, but that white robe, that was a part of the purification from the blood of Jesus. How can the red blood of Jesus make the white robes? Well, I heard that it's the blood of Jesus that purifies us and makes us white as snow. And I know for myself, those white robes in heaven standing around the throne, worshiping the Lord and the Lamb, those are the ones that has been purified, that has just stuck with it, didn't quit, didn't get caught up on whether or not it's this theology and this doctrine. They maintained their faith in the midst of persecution, in the midst of affliction. The palm, branch, palm branches were symbolic of victory. They would give palms to the athletes when they would win. So here they are with their white robes and their palm branches celebrating and adoring an almighty God. Not only the crowd, not only the composition, and not only clothes, yeah, we going but it's the cross. That's what I want to talk about. And the cross has to do with the lamb. In chapter 5, when he saw the one sitting on the throne, in chapter 5 it says, Then he saw that in his hand was a scroll, and the scroll that was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll. And the scroll was sealed with seven seals. And then it was a strong angel who said, who is worthy to open up the scroll? And, and there was no one that was in the earth or under the earth worthy to open up the scroll. And then John began to weep. And one of the elders cried out to John. He said, John, stop weeping. There is someone who can open up the scroll. He said, the Lion of Judah. He said, the, the, he said it's, uh, it's Jesse. Um, it's David. From the root of Jesse is Abel, talking about the Messiah. He said when he looked, he said when he looked, he said the line of the tribe of Judah. But when he looked, he saw a sacrificed lamb. So it wasn't the authority and the power of the lion, because God has got all that in his hands. But that's not what brought about the power to open up the seals, the power to bring hope, and the power to bring redemption. It was the sacrificed lamb. It was the cross. Yes, he could have used his power. Yes, he could have been the Lion of Judah because he is. But he was, when John looked, he saw the sacrificed lamb. That's the one with power. That's the one that come to deliver. That's the one to come to save and to set free. The lamb is the door. Before he talks about what's going to happen on the earth, he talks about what's happening in heaven. To give us the confidence to know that we can read revelations. We can eat of the, the word that is in there. And understand that we have hope from the beginning to the end. It's the lamb that brings about victory. A glimpse of heaven, the cross, salvation, it says, comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. John 1.29, when John saw Jesus, he said, Behold, here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. From the very beginning, the Lamb was there to make right all that was wrong. 
Don't get caught up in all of the visions and dreams. You know, fine, go for it. But at the end of the day, come back and understand that without the sacrificial life of the lamb, the line of Judah will come in. He will write the earth. He will make everything right. But right now, you can't get to the lion until you get to the lamb. And he opens the door. He leaves the door open to all who might enter in. At what point are we going to keep walking by the door? Now is the time. Why? Because the door is open. The Lamb of God. It says he was oppressed. I said, Come on. Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. Maybe you're here and you're oppressed and you think God don't understand. You think he, he's never been afflicted. You think Jesus didn't go through the suffering that he went through. Yes, he did. He is the suffering servant. He was oppressed. He was harshly treated. He was mistreated, all the things. But he never said a word. He was a, sl- he was a lamb to the slaughter for us. That is the door. He could have closed the door on humanity. But he left the door open. The same door he left open on the cross, he left open in heaven. And maybe you're here today, you think, well, I haven't done too much. I haven't got my stuff together. The door is open. Surrender. Like, offer up. Submit. Yield to the authority and the power. Sacrifice. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holding the supplement to God. Like, Walk through the door. Enter in. It's the Lamb of God. When Isaac and his son, when Isaac was said to his dad, when Jacob, and he was going up to sacrifice, uh, to be, Isaac to be sacrificed, and, and they loaded him down with the wood. And he said, Dad, he said, I see the fire and I see the knife. Where's the lamb? And dad said, God has got it. Maybe you see the door. You see the opportunity. You see what God is doing. Yes, you experience him and you know it's him. And you can feel that there's a door opening for you, but you don't know how it's going to end. It's time to walk through it. Because when you get on the other side, oh, taste and see, he's going to give you everything you need to endure. There's the door that is open in heaven, but it's open right now. And if you're here, now is the time. There's a door that is open for you that no man can close but you. The only way it closes is if you don't walk in it. It's open. So there was conquerors and compromisers. The compromisers are the one when it got hard because of the persecution it was under. The compromiser is the one that was going to give in. They understood the truth. They knew about it. They just rejected it. They compromised to the ways of the world. They did what they wanted to do because it was easier. The conquerors, they remained faithful to the very end. Faithful even when it's hard. Faithful when it doesn't make sense. Faithful when it doesn't go your way. Faithful when you've been praying and it hasn't been answered. Faithful when your body gets sick and it doesn't get well. Faithful when you understand that your relationship is jacked up. Faithful when you understand your kids ain't going to change their mind. Faithful when you got to put them in the hands of the Lord. Faithful. Because in that faithfulness, you are a conqueror. Because you've walked through the door and you understand that it's in his hands. And last one, faithful, loving followers of Christ. 
in Romans, say, as it is written, for our sake, for your sake, Paul says, we, we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But knowing all these things, we are more. We're more than conquerors. Listen, what God is doing with this church has to do with the door that he is opening to this community. You do know a lighthouse has doors. And everyone who enters those doors, those door has to be open because it's open for them the same way it's open for us. Amen. I'm going to invite Pastor John to come up because we got some celebrating to do because God has been opening up doors here. And we got something we want to share with you right now. Amen. Because God has been so good uh, throughout these last few months. We've been, um, we, we have been putting our confidence in an almighty God. And maybe there's some who's like, what are they doing over at Hope Elam? We're putting God first and we're allowing him to be God. And so we can't wait to share with you some of the things we have. Amen. We've been doing this campaign called Shining the Light Together. And we set out the onset of this campaign. We had three goals. We were to gather, to grow, and to give. And you have done that so faithfully. You are an incredible church, Hope Elam. We've gathered together. God continues to grow his church God's been growing us in our prayer life and our generosity and our sacrificial love for one another, the care, the grace that's shown to one another. We're growing as a healthy church, putting our roots down deep in God's love. And then a couple weeks ago, you gave sacrificially on Commitment Sunday, generously and sacrificially, your time, your talents, your treasure. And we don't see what you give, we don't know what you give, but we saw the time and talent portion And it was incredibly, incredibly inspiring and moving to see the way that you brought whatever you have, your time and your talent, whether it's the way that you serve or in a ministry area, or I can do carpentry, or I can greet people, I can love people, I can give a hug, I can give a smile, I can hold babies, I can love kids, whatever it is, you gave so faithfully. You're an incredible church. Every gift matters. Yeah, I mean, God is still, like Revelation... God is still cooking this thing up. Oh yeah, We're going to lift the lid up and see what, what it smells like. You know, we're going to taste it, from, but it's still yeah. cooking. Amen. Yeah. And we're so proud. Look, every gift, whether big or small, every gift, every good gift comes from the Lord. Yeah. So if you just gave it out of the treasure of your heart, whether it's your time or your talent, God honors that. And we're so excited what we're about to share with you. Listen. It is a blessing, and we want to share. Absolutely. And there are some large goals that we laid out. There are some large projects that we laid out of what we want to accomplish, the, re- the why behind the what of this campaign, and we simply ask you to do this. Pray, listen to God, and give whatever he tells you to give. We've just been doing this for about a month, but Pastor Brian, I, th- I, I think it's time. time to take the lid off. Time. What do you think? I think, I think it's time. I think it's time. To shine. To shine. The The light together. together. Let's take a look. Here we go. Amen. 
Glory, glory. Come on, come on. Listen, listen, listen. God is up to something. And we know, listen, listen. That's him. That's you. That's us. Because we got work to do, amen. That is a door. That's showing God is here and we have work to do. So God be praised. Look, that, that pot is still cooking. But at the same time, it's smelling good right about now. Yeah. Amen. God's just getting started. Amen. And so you can expect some regular updates. And now we get to start dreaming about, well, God, what do you want to do? What are the priorities? And we're going to give you regular updates. Stay tuned in the new year. Some exciting things are coming our way. Hope Elam. God is up to something. He is cooking up something good. And he's just getting started. Amen. Amen. Can we stand together and get ready for communion? Amen. Amen. If we would, please stand together. God be praised. So it was on the same night that Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, and he knew without a doubt that the betrayer was there and that he would be betrayed that night. The Bible says he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it. And after he broke it, he gave it to him and said, This is my body, broken for you. And then at the same time, he took a cup, and after he took the cup, in like manner, he blessed it and gave it to them. He said, this is my blood being poured out for you, being poured out for the remission of sin. He says, as often as you eat of the bread, as often as you drink of the cup, we're testifying that we know you're coming back. So he said, does say in 1 Corinthians, he said, look, let a man or woman examine themselves, take inventory. And if there's anything that they have, offer that up to God. Offer that sin. Offer that thing by omission or commission. Offer that up and know that you're being forgiven. And so as we prepare our hearts, and we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us, let us examine ourselves for a moment. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.